and welcome to Inspiring Women Leaders, the podcast about leadership by women only, from which everyone can learn. Inspiring Women Leaders aims to showcase the extensive leadership knowledge and practical skills of its incredible guests, and to both inspire and educate its listeners, helping them acquire the know-how necessary to become better leaders themselves. Without further ado, I'd now like to welcome my guest. So please, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Inspiring Women Leaders. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Inspiring Women Leaders. Today, I'm really excited to welcome to the show my new friend, author, business advisor, and business founder, Lisa L. Levy. Lisa loves a good puzzle. After witnessing the confusion that ensued after new technology systems were integrated into offices in the 90s, she didn't panic. She saw an opportunity to establish effective processes that support employees and businesses grappling with evolving technology. Then a pattern emerged. Internal teams kept failing to communicate with one another in the wake of change. To respond, Lisa founded Alcubed Consulting. As CEO of Alcubed, Lisa helps companies align people, processes, and technology to utilize agility as a strategic advantage and acknowledge change is a business constant. A secret source to success is leveraging key elements of project management, process performance management, internal controls, and organizational change management to build teams with the skills and capabilities to drive strategic results. Lisa is the number one best-selling author of Future Proofing Cubed, a book she created to share her insights on productivity, profitability, and process refinement in business. She's also co-authored two more uh, number one best-selling books as well. Lisa's goal is to prepare her clients with the skills, capabilities, and self-reliance they need to thrive in the future without Alcubed's guidance. With this notion, she's broken the typical consulting model. Lisa holds her Bachelor of Science in Electronic Media Management from Northern Arizona University. She's a project management professional and Lean Six Sigma Master Black Belt. Lisa enjoys spending free time with her family and Basset Hounds. What an incredible mission. And I think it's fair to say that Lisa is leading the way with inspiration. So without further ado, let's meet Lisa Levy. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Hi, Adam. Thank you so much for having me here. Not at all. I'm, it's an absolute privilege and an honor. I'm really grateful um, for you spending some time with us and uh, sharing your uh, huge wisdom with the audience uh, of the show. So thank you for agreeing to come on and speak to everyone today. Um, so let's start with, um, I've, I've read out your really incredible bio um, and I absolutely love it. But, you know, most bios are beautifully crafted. So would you tell the audience a bit more about yourself, um, including what your, you know, current work work roles are and leadership positions you currently hold or have held in the past, please? Absolutely. So my journey started in college thinking that I was going to go on to film school and direct movies. I wanted to tell great stories. I wanted to have the impact and influence. All right, I'll own this. Martin Scorsese, it was the the inspiration. So I really wanted to tell gritty impactful, maybe some way violent stories. I just was moved by his artistry. In college, I realized that making a go in the film industry was like, you know, a 2% chance of success. And that was not necessarily the best course of action. 
But it was the 1990s and the information technology boom was happening. And I had a little bit of luck and an opportunity to take the skills of producing and apply them into an industry that was growing, thriving, and where I could earn an income that was greater than working at a fast food restaurant. (laughs) So I took the skills of producing and turned them into the skills of project management. And really, it's simple, right? Taking an idea that has something that you need to begin, develop, and end. Same thing happens in a project implementation. You plan something, you do the work, it ends, and you move on. So I ended up with a degree that had absolutely no value, but was able to figure out a way to be creative and do that. And I started building a career. I learned along the way that I am probably better at building teams of people than I am at actually executing individual projects. And so I grew into management and leadership very quickly in my career. What I saw around me was the reality that most of these technology projects were failing. And I don't like to fail. It's really not what I'm in, you know, it just, it pisses me off. <laughs> so <clears throat> I took the time to really start to explore the why behind it. And as I started to look at it, when you were, you use technology, you're enabling a process. But if you don't know what your process is, when you enable it with technology, you make it bad things happen faster. So we needed to fix that. And I started to ask the questions, right, rolling it back further. Why aren't these processes working? And it all starts with people. So that's where the idea that people, processes, and then technology are the path to success and that there is really a sequence and an order to that. Um, I thought I was ingenious. Over time, I've done the research and I've learned that that idea of people, process, and technology was identified in the 1960s at Stanford as the key ingredients for successful business operations. So in my own personal brilliance, I relearned something that is common knowledge and the foundation of every consulting company in the world. And that's how I began my journey. (laughs) I love that. Well, you know... um... Great that you same came to the same conclusions as, as the Stanford academics, right? So that that <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, go me. <laughs> I love that. That's that's really that's really interesting. Um, thank you, thank you for sharing that. So, um, and and obviously you um you know you founded your own company. You're CEO of your own company. You are a best selling author. You advise businesses, and so you sort of have leadership um roles within you know the the company your clients and the projects that you work on um what what kind of would you say are your current um leadership positions then so l cubed i formed that 14 years ago and as i've matured in with the we we consult and we coach and i'm a speaker There are many different places that we touch organizations. Um, My favorite place to play personally is in a leadership advisor role. So I am working with leadership teams. I am helping them work as a team on their strategy, their operational planning to execute strategy quarter by quarter, and also with each individual leader, helping them become more effective and efficient in how they run their teams and how they show up each day in their leadership roles. 
Excellent. So you're very much sort of uh, leading the the leaders of different organisations yes. and making them better leaders and better team players and all of that, all of the good stuff. Yeah. Superb. Thank you. Um, so when you're working in these sorts of roles, what what's your leadership style? My leadership style is is very collaborative in nature, right? So I am advising leaders. I am not mm-hmm. actually leading them. And so for me, that was an interesting transition because I can look at what's going on. And with my background and all of my Six Sigma and the project management and all of these things, I can see what's going on. I can devise the plan and what needs to happen to make change happen. But that's not actually why I'm there anymore. Right. So I have to help them start to see and understand the things that I'm seeing, design their actions and take the, you know, to move the company forward while not doing any of the work myself. Mm. (laughs) And that's hard for a control freak. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I can empathize, (laughs) (laughs) but, but you're, um, you're, you're enabling them. You're, you're facilitating the process. You're facilitating them becoming better leaders and uh, working better together and improving the outcomes for organization. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, I was t- talking the other day about uh, servant leadership and how, you know, um, you'd be sort of beavering away in the background and kind of helping people become their best and pro- providing them with everything they need to really, you know, be their best selves at, at work. And is, is that kind of what you what you're doing as well, would you say? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, in the in my client experiences right now, right, there's weekly touch points where we're talking about their goals and their opportunities, what they're working on and what their challenges are so that we can really understand what what's the obstacle and we can find the solution if we're going over it, around it, through it, solving it. Um, and then there's a tremendous amount of in that coaching space, right? Your blind spot is going to be different than your colleagues' blind spots. And so there's customized, sometimes it's, hey, maybe you should read a book. Here's crucial conversations, at, you know, how you're engaging with people. Let's talk about getting to being more collaborative, understanding, diffusing emotion rather than always yelling and screaming and looking like a toddler having a temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes those conversations, while never quite that flippant in the actual moment, right? But in the in those situations and understanding behaviorally how we show up, how we respond to stress, and how to be better at it tomorrow than we are today. Mm. Yeah. Good. So part of what you do then when you see bad things going on, um, you have to call them out, but in a diplomatic way, shall we say? Absolutely. It's imperative that the bad things are addressed, that they're addressed on purpose, with purpose and care. So that is one of the primary reasons a company uses an external resource, an advisor, a coach, a consultant, is to get that bad news delivered back to them. It's easier to hear from outside. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I like that. Um Yes, I can see. Uh, I can see where that would be extremely beneficial. Um, <laughs> okay, all right. So, can we move into talking about your journey to leadership, please? So, kind of where where did it start, and uh, up, up to up to now? Then, so you know, the journey to leadership. Um, 
this is a podcast for women. And let's just be honest, right? That journey started when I was a kid. And I was, right, called the bossy little girl, which is not, right, necessarily a kind or positive thing, but we're turning the way that we look at that statement, right? I had an opinion, I had a, a, a vision, a direction, and I was willing to march forward in that path. So there's a part of me, I think, that, you know, there's a, a an element of personality that is leadership oriented. And I was willing to very, very young say, okay, I, I, I have an idea and I'm going to go for it. Um, there are those who will point out the fact that I'm also an only child and that only children seem to sometimes be a tad bit more opinionated, strong-willed and headstrong because we kind of never have to compete for things at home. We just got to get yeah. them. Um, <laughs> I take all of that very personally and I don't know if it's true or not true because I'm me and I don't have siblings and I don't know what I would have been like in a, you know, in, in a different dynamic. Hmm. As I grew up, the things that were interesting to me in high school, I learned I loved theater, but I didn't want to be the person on stage. I wanted to be the director. Mm. And I wanted to create, have the vision, create it, and watch others bring it to fruition. Mm. And as I progressed through school and the pipe dream of being a film director and finding my way into information technology, into the discipline of project management, the theme of not being the one doing, right? The spotlight isn't on me, but helping and coaching and guiding others to plan work, execute work and deliver results. I think it's part of who I am. And so through my career, right? I, I, the journey to being a project manager, to then building teams of project managers, to ultimately becoming an entrepreneur and helping others do that for their teams my journey, I think, has really been about finding that authentic part of me that is willing to lead and to be in that space. And I'm, you know, that that journey, I don't know that I've ever told the story quite that holistically before, yeah. but that's sort of the pieces. And as I think through, is there a theme? Yeah, I think it's been in me all along. It manifests in different ways. My stepkids might along the way say, yeah, you're still a little bossy. Um, but that's only if they're not meeting expectations. So right, if we're managing our, all is right in the world. <laughs> it's totally their fault. <laughs> I love and, that. And, and no, if, if for some chance they actually hear this particular podcast, it's absolutely not their fault, right? We have <laughs> failed to manage expectations back and forth. If we're at a point of, you know, this or feeling that I'm being bossy, right? We've, yeah. We've screwed up the communication. Yeah. And and that's imperative in our families and in our businesses that we communicate effectively. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually um I'm I'm just gonna digress uh, a little bit, come back to the uh the the roles um uh, and the evolution of the roles again. But um yeah, so talking about uh, with children, you know, um a failure on the parents' part to properly communicate leads to them um maybe you know not doing what we would have liked them to do and then we end up getting bossy with them because they didn't do what we would have liked and um i'm seeing some parallels with within the workplace here have you do you see this do you see this a lot when in your projects and so on? absolutely so right let me dig into my my comment that it is all about communication 
communication is a two-way process. I say something, you, Adam, hear it. If I don't ask for you to confirm back to me what you heard, I don't know if you understood my intent. Right. So I have to say you have to receive and we have to close the communication loop back to make sure that the message was as intended. Yeah. And I am a fast paced person. I'm, my mind is going at 10 million miles an hour. My mouth moves almost as fast. Mm. And I personally, as a leader, have to stop, listen, ask for the response back to ensure that the communication was complete and accurate. And we have the same understanding. And when I forget to do that, whether it's at home or at work, that's when things start to miss the mark because yeah. I, as the leader, didn't do the full communication loop to ensure that we were yeah. all in agreement. Yeah. Yeah. So it's having that um, that self-awareness, that insight to appreciate that you need for your request to be reflected back to you so you can check understanding. Um, which is great. I mean, you know, um, most of the time you succeed, right? And uh, there are a lot of leaders that don't have that vital element of emotional intelligence to to be able to to know that about themselves and to ask that and, and, and check in. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Thank you for that. That's it's just a, a little departure that it kind of piqued something in my in my mind there. Um, so I loved hearing about the um the the childhood side of things and and your kind of adolescence and 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 you know your journey growing up and then um you know obviously you you know you work for your yourself you have your own company and and um you you go in as a contractor and and, and so on um in for, in in kind of um employed roles that you've had in the past did you have any leadership um responsibilities absolutely so the first leadership responsibility was in the role of project manager which is a great role to start learning how to be a leader because you have responsibility for people for a set duration of time for the you know the duration of a project mm. but you don't actually have the hr overhead of being a full full-on manager so it's like you get to test drive your skills and you get to learn and hone and do it without the overhead of performance reviews and salary negotiations and all of those other pieces but just actually getting people to perform work and to build teams right because projects teams are short-term groupings right we come together for a set duration of time and everybody goes back to their real roles and so it's a really great um incubator for management and, and leadership skills because you have all of the responsibility and accountability accountability of delivering results but you have no actual positional authority and so it's an interesting conundrum that you know project managers find themselves in and it's true for every project manager in the world and it's a great way to become a really good leader because you're not managing the those resources you're leading them through the journey of the project yeah and then right growing from that into taking on the first role of um you know manager of a project management office the director of that you know project management office into more executive roles right? That leadership and how you build the team, that is one of my superpowers is finding and putting together people who perform well together yeah. and taking individuals in every, sorry, I paused to make this an accurate statement. In every leadership role I've had, at some point in time, I was given a gift of yeah. an underperforming person 
in the organization who in some way was going to be managed up or managed out. And some, for some reason, people like to put those in project management offices. And I have always managed up and yeah. been able to help those individuals figure out what it is that they can do that delivers results. And that was one of the things I loved the most about being inside an organization, right? Is building that team and watching them grow and mature over time. Yeah. When I stepped away from that into the consulting space, right now I have I do that with other people's teams. And we talked about it a little bit earlier, right? I am facilitating their journeys. I am helping, I'm guiding, I'm mentoring. Yeah. But I'm not necessarily leading the individuals. I'm leading the leaders to grow their people. Well said. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. That's really interesting. Um, so you, I love the fact that you like working best with the underperforming individuals and kind of enabling them to develop and grow and ultimately to to thrive. Um, yeah. Reminds me of a conversation I, I recently had with. Uh, uh, a healthcare leadership coach friend of mine who said that um, he loves working with uh, angry people. He he seeks out the angry people in an organization because he says they care the most about the job and the organization and, and so on in his experience. So yeah, no, that's, yeah, I'm really, yeah. Love that. Thank you so much. I agree that, that the angry person probably cares more than the person who is the highest performer who does it so naturally they don't even think about it. Yeah. Right. So I I dig and I would totally agree with finding the angry people is where yeah. they're also the best catalysts for change. Mm. They become the best change agents you can have in an organization yeah. because if you can diffuse the anger and drive them into driving whatever that change is forward for the company, yeah, they will become the most vocal supporters right? Yeah. Take all of that energy from anger and bring yeah. it into the positive side. And yeah. it's miraculous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Use that passion and just channel mm -hmm. channel it in a different way. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate your your insights on that as well. Um, okay. So kind of over your, you know, the, the, the early years before you started running your own business and, and so on, were there people that you worked with, um, senior to you, female or male that, that, kind of helped you see your potential and helped you rise I mean you, you've told us that you were a what sounds like a, a kind of a natural leader you had you had leadership tendencies and leadership skills and ideas even when you were you were young so maybe it was more kind of channeling that that natural born leadership um potential um well, I, I it's know. one of the first things I want to you know hit on that is Coming up in a career in information technology, I was the only woman yeah. breaking into leadership. I was the first and only female director at one of the organizations that I worked with. And so there, I had a role model at one point in time who was the most amazing woman um, and so incredibly capable but mm. she was hesitant and was not a great direct mentor. So, right. I learned by watching, Yeah. but in that space, women were highly competitive yeah. and it was really hard to find a true mentor. So I had an example mm. of success that I had to try and figure out and, and, and model on my own. Yeah. 
On the flip side, as I reached that first director level role, I hit the resistance with some with my with my supervisor and mm-hmm. a, a the challenge of he was the great example of what not to do for me. And yeah. it's 20 more or more years later, and I still pull back on the lessons learned of what not to do. Yeah. Um, right. I was told things along the way, please don't ever contradict me in front of a larger group, have that conversation with me offline. Mm-hmm. Right. I am always right. I don't care what you think and don't yeah. say it. Yeah. Um, which translated into a practice of having these one-on-one conversations, providing feedback, sharing ideas to watch those ideas be presented to the senior executives as his own. Yeah. And so there are challenges and it was really hard to find a good mentor. Um, And so I, part of what my practice is about with my, my business right? Is that mentoring? And it isn't about women only, right? It's about mentoring anybody to be the best version of themselves that they can be professionally. Yeah. But it is because I, there, there weren't, I didn't have any opportunities for really strong female mentors in my career. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, I think that was, um, you know, we've talked about your, your insight, your self-awareness before, but also, you know, the, um, I think it's very emotionally intelligent of you, you know, to kind of go through those years without a direct mentor um, to um, kind of c- counter emulate them, if you like. So see see what examples, what what bad examples, you know, um, essentially they were setting, what bad role models they were. Um, but to, despite that, develop into a, a, a strong kind of compassionate leader Um you know, because uh, oftentimes, and you'll have seen this time and time and time again, you know, when the only bit of learning, you know, training that we have is to look at the people who are above us, and they are bad leaders, we think that's how we need to get to their position, and we just model their behavior. So it's, it's, uh, you know, it's really refreshing, and, you know, somewhat unusual for people to kind of see that and think, oh, my gosh, that's, absolutely the opposite of how i want to be yeah 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 so that's that's really good i mean and you've already you've already touched on this you know not only was he um the 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 gentleman you talked about was clearly a bully um and um someone who um you know took the credit for things that you had done and and (laughs) you know um used it to kind of feather his own nest um in um promotion terms and so on um you know you had those experiences um were, were, were there the main example of kind of challenges that you experienced in the in the workplace or have you had any others um over the years that you, you know you're happy to talk about one of the other things and i you know i i want to take it that transition from being inside of a business to becoming entrepreneurial yeah was the the initial reaction from people and grant you know let's keep in mind this was also 14 years ago and mm-hmm. our work perspectives have changed tremendously but the initial reaction from people i had known for years was mm-hmm. i can't believe that you would walk away from you know a cush job 
and go into competition with everybody you've ever known in your life. What? I'm not competing. I'm taking, you know, I'm going to create a service and I'm going to help people. I want to help all of these people that I've known throughout my career do and run things better, more effectively, more efficiently. But the initial reaction was that I was breaking all ties and becoming a competitor. 14 years, you know, fast, fast forward to today, when we have so many solopreneurs, small businesses that are providing services and working together collaboratively to solve problems for, for their clients, mm. that it's, it's absolutely fascinating the evolution of that. And that's in the last probably five years that I've seen this start to happen where mm. as I go after business and mm. there's a need in the environment that I can't solve, that my team can't solve, but with a matter of two or three phone calls, I can find somebody that I know and I trust who will. Mm. And so now we have a more complete offering to that client. Mm. And it's the most fabulous thing I've ever seen. Mm. And it is absolutely in direct opposition to the traditional consulting model where they would come in and say, we can solve everything. Yeah. Sell everything. And they do 75% of it really well, but that 25% that they had no capability in, they they muck it up. And yeah. then somebody like me comes in and cleans up afterwards. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, the the opportunities for entrepreneurs, for solopreneurs, for emerging, growing services businesses mm. is such a different landscape today than it was when yeah. I started. It is so cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like 14 years ago, you were pretty much at the vanguard of these things. And and, and now, as you say, in the last five years, um, it's done a bit of a, you know, it's evolved, um, mm-hmm. maybe not quite as dramatic as, as an about turn, but it's kind of quite quickly evolved into more collaborative. I would modeling. give it, it had some explosive growth, right? Yeah. The pandemic was part of that. Um, the gig economy started that wave. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that it's still growing. It, yeah. And it will continue to evolve and change. And five years from now, it'll look different. Yeah. But um, it's really yeah. outstanding to see that people are understanding the power of partnership. Yeah. 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 I mean, with the big companies, the big, uh, you know, management consultancy firms and so on, they just want to keep keep all the revenue to themselves, don't they, Re- really? Yeah. Um, but um, as you say, there's a there's a lot more. A lot more strength in kind of sharing the work out. There's there's an abundance of of work there. That that that's that sounds like one of the the issues that some of your some of the naysayers early on, fourteen years ago, were saying to you. Maybe they had a bit of a scarcity mindset that well, you you know there's only so much work you can't compete with them. You know you how are you going to succeed if you compete with these big players and and so on. So there's plenty of work. And- Scarcity might be part of it, but also, right, the hoarding mindset, right? Wanting yeah, to keep yeah. control of what they have and their fiefdoms yeah. and not understanding the, the exponential yeah. possibilities of partnering. Yeah, yeah, definitely control for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so just as a, an, an, an add on to the sort of original question and, and you know, uh, the experiences you had with, um, you know, that male boss that you talked about um, and, you know, kind of ne- negotiating 
the you know the negative mindset of other people should we say um how how did you cope with and move past some of these challenges so that our audience can learn about that that's a tough question (laughs) moving past obstacles and challenges right so I think that, you know, we make choices. I think I used this language earlier. You know, are we going over it, around it, through it? You know, what is the, what is the path forward? Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, right? Some of those were, it felt like I was re- running into a brick wall over and over and over again. So yeah. that's, that's exhausting. It's demoralizing. Yeah. It, you know, all of the imposter syndrome, all of the, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough, right? All of those things come into play sometimes. Mm-hmm. And for me, and I, you know, this is one of those, I can only answer the, for me, sometimes I have to sit in that a little bit and feel it and be okay with this is hard. Um, I don't feel like I know what to do. I don't think I know how to do it. And sometimes you have to just sort of let that simmer a little bit Mm. before you can actually see the path through it. Yeah. And there are times that I have hibernated in a cave in my personal little cave and just, you know, had a personal pity party so that I could let it go and move on. Yeah. And then it's, you know, buck up and do the hard work, figure, yeah. you know, what are, what's, what needs to happen? How do you make yeah. it happen now? Go do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I totally think that's, that's fair. You know, part of the owning it and acknowledgement process is you have to feel the suffering aspect of it don't you before you can kind of move on move on past it and and become more constructive in in uh, the way you see it um yeah i think that's just just standard so <laughs> um wonderful well no, i i i appreciate that and if it, it's kind of made me think about um a client that i was coaching this morning who who just seems very very much like a a kind of a a ruminant um and she's had she's had a lot of a lot of trauma no doubt in in the past um but it's just everything is coming with her all of the all of the time Uh, a quick example is um you know she's a she's a clinician and she had a a patient complaint um and she, she just doesn't seem and that was some years ago and she's not practicing at the moment but she'd like to go back into practice but she's still carrying this with her. And we had a chat about how, you know, how I've, you know, you can't be a clinician these days without receiving complaints, you know? And in fact, you haven't seen enough patients if you haven't had a complaint is, is what what a lot of us say in the UK. Um, And, you know, but you just have to, you know, get angry or upset or whatever about it, deal with it, do the kind of the, the admin around it, write your response, get it checked submit it and then and then move on um and 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 obviously some of us are better at doing that than than others um but uh yeah you certainly i think we all go through that um wanting to hibernate in a in a cave stage for sure (laughs) but as long as we leave the cave um whereas my client we have to go back out into the yeah (laughs) she's still there um but i'm trying to coax her out (laughs) um so no I'm, I'm really grateful for that so you know I, I I see you as you know very collaborative very very kind very strong um you know focused I mean we'd all like leaders like you um how um 
do you think that people can become more of those things what would your advice be for our listeners and how to become stronger kinder more collaborative as leaders the first step is understanding and knowing yourself who are you where are you and start to identify the blind spots and once you know what the blind spots are go in and address them you know i talked earlier about you know sometimes it's simply picking up a book and reading it on a given topic yeah. learn how learn something apply those skills practice those skills until they become natural and they become part of who you are yeah. um we should all always be on a continuous learning journey and there are things that um you know, I'm I'm working on, and I'll be taking my team, my my client teams through things, and you know the evolution of how we communicate, and you know, tackling the difficult conversations, having the you know the uncomfortable conversations, and doing it with candor, and building up so that you know we can be we can be honest, we can understand the problem and not you know the emotion of the problem, and and work through those things. So yeah, being on a continuous learning journey, I think is the key for everybody because we all have things we can learn. Yep. Excellent. Yeah, no, totally, totally agree. So yeah, so kind of knowing knowing yourself, getting mm -hmm. getting to know yourself, know what your strengths and weaknesses are. As you say, know, know what you don't know um, yep. and learn it, uh, which kind of segues beautifully into the your next point, which was just, learn content continually just just keep going keep learning um that's uh obviously beneficial um and then don't avoid difficult conversations you know kind of be open be candid be be honest and yeah wonderful yeah i think that that gives you a really good foundation then for being a strong kind leader doesn't it mm -hmm. yeah fantastic thank you Okay, so we're we've gosh, we've already coming towards the end of our conversation. So, do do you have any um, any kind of your favorite pithy kind of take home leadership messages in your back pocket, ready to deliver uh, <laughs> to the listeners? Absolutely. So this is this is the mantra. Okay. Everything is an experiment. It's important that we do things, we try things, we learn from what we do. We apply the things that were positive. We ditch the things that were negative. Everything is an experiment. That's great. <laughs> That's really good. Um, yeah, never heard that before. And I really, really like that. Um, so, yeah. So by that, you kind of saying, you know, try stuff, see if it works. And if it doesn't work, just like you would in a laboratory sort of thing. Right. Um, yeah have a growth mindset about things you know just yeah be open to to trying these things um any other kind of um any aspects of of that that you'd like to expand on sure so that idea is the foundation of what i call innovation engine and for businesses to grow and scale over time it's imperative that we continuously bring in new ideas so step one ideate constantly, constantly, constantly bring in new ideas of things that we can do for our customers, products, yeah. services, whatever the space is, always have that funnel of new ideas yeah. and play with those ideas. 
do fast prototypes. And I don't mean investing time and money into R&D, but get a group of people together to do the thought experiment of what would it take to make this thing real. And when you go through several of them, one of them somewhere along the line is going to shine. And you're going to say, we're going to invest time and money money into doing more of this. And you'll see if you get those results. So, right, that is the prototyping and learning then and applying the learning. So when you come up with a new product or service, take it to market. And those three steps should be constantly iterated through um, on a quarterly basis and an annual basis. And that is how you can drive innovation as a strategic advantage for your business. Excellent. Excellent. So, yeah, as you say, continuously experimenting until you come up with that shining, shining idea. And, and just, you know, rinse and repeat every quarter. Just keep it going. Yeah, lovely. That's really good. Thank you. Um, okay, so what, what are you uh, currently working on that you're very excited about that you'd like to share with our listeners? The thing that I'm doing right now that is exciting is I am relaunching a new podcast called Disrupt and Innovate. And it will be conversations much like this, but with people who are on purpose choosing to challenge the status quo and make a positive impact and change. So being disruptive on purpose and driving innovation. That sounds great. Yeah, Uh, that is exciting. Thank you for for sharing that. So, um, yeah, and and so you're you're working you're working on kind of relaunching it. So uh, when it's you you're not at it is live. Okay. Yeah. No, it is live and it is on all of the streaming platforms and it's, it's an evolution. So we went live with what I would call Lisa pontificating on lots of different topics. Okay. (laughs) It will mature into, into, um, into conversations and dialogues with others, but we started the launch with just, you know, with some quick pontificating, pontification i it was the fastest easiest way to get content rolling and um but looking forward to having conversations like these for my audience excellent one must put the uh the link to that in the show notes so that people can um listen to you and and your future guests um and and also um while we're talking about stuff that you've uh you working on but you've written books do you want to just um tell us about your books and uh, then people can hopefully look for your books absolutely so the things that we've talked about today are all really collected in future proofing cubed yeah which is available on amazon all of the books are available on amazon yeah um as we were talking through some of the challenges um the story of being the only woman that sort of story is shared in my most recent book called Lady Diversity Power. Um, and, and that is a, a, an anthology collection of, of stories mm. written by very powerful women from, the, from a global presence, yeah. um, sharing what it's like you know, to be a female in leadership and, and business. Yeah. So those are some cool things. The third one, yeah. Gift of the Universe Through Women That Lead, also available. Everything's on Amazon. Yeah. Good. Okay. I'll put the um I'll put the links and titles and things in the show notes as well. Um and if if any of the listeners having having heard this conversation or um having listened to your podcast or read one of your books would like to to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do so? You can find me on LinkedIn, Lisa L. Levy. 
You can find me online, lisallevy.com. That will take you into all things Lisa and L cubed. So you can see what the business is all about. And in both of those places, there are there's a link to my calendar to book time and have a conversation. Lovely. Thank you. Okay. And yeah, finally, just to just to close then, do you have any any final words that you'd like to share with the listeners? Yes, my final thought in all of this is, you know, the the only real thing that I would call a mistake is the not doing something. So step in and take the chance, take a risk and and see what happens. The only, you know, only regret that I'll ever have is the thing that I didn't try. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I love that. Yeah. Um, reminds me of my um, my nine year old um, has a big life journal um, and um, has the acronym FAIL, F-A-I-L. And it's first attempt in learning. Um, so it's like, you know, just keep making mistakes. And that's how we that's how we perfect things, isn't it? And proceed. Well, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Lisa, and sharing your wisdom and your wonderful advice and your and your stories. Um, really, really grateful. I've really enjoyed it. Um, and thank you to uh, all the audience for listening. Um, until the next episode in two weeks, I wish you all health, happiness and inspiring leadership. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me and my guest on the Inspiring Women Leaders podcast today. I really hope you enjoyed listening to the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you did, please download the show and leave it a rating and a review so that together we can share the amazing lessons we've learned from my guests with listeners far and wide and help as many aspiring leaders as possible. Most of my podcasts will also be uploaded to my YouTube channel, Dr. Adam, Physician Coach, So please check out my channel there and hopefully you'll find some videos on similar topics to watch and enjoy. Finally, I have some exciting new group coaching programs and a membership scheme in the pipeline. So please keep a regular eye on my website, www.dradamharrison.com. That's www.dradamharrison.com for updates. Thank you again for your time today. And please join me next time, two weeks from now, on Alternate Wednesdays, for another brilliant episode of Inspiring Women Leaders. Mm